Amen. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so eternally grateful to you for being our daddy, for saving us and making us your very own children, and you are our very own daddy. Father, we thank you because you know we are gathering today, and you were even here before us. You have prepared for us. There is no one who comes to you and lives the same. And certainly, that will be our portion today. Thank you for we all, and as many as are the sound of my voice, will be radically transformed in your presence. You do marvelous things every day. And this is one of such days. We give you the praise. And we thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today we are continuing with the family month. Um, our theme today, our topic today is um, some tips to flourishing even in adversity. Some tips to flourishing even in adversity. Our text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7. Jeremiah 17 7 says, Blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. This man is blessed with spiritual security and this particular man or woman is the one who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is nothing else but who? The Lord himself. You remember our theme for the family month is uh, prospering in adversity. Prospering in adversity. And the, th and the text is uh, taken from the same Jeremiah chapter 17, but verse 8. And this verse 8 says, For being nourished like a tree, Planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes because heat will always come at different phases in your life. So, but this particular person will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and moist and it will be. It, it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, which signifies a time of difficulty, nor stop bearing fruit. Even at that time of drought, this particular woman, man, is still bearing fruit. And is not concerned, is not anxious about anything. Why? Because of verse 7, which is our text for today, that says that, he will, is this man that has believed and trust in the Lord and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. Now, if you consider these two scriptures, you see it describes the righteous. The righteous are those who have met Jesus, the Lord over their lives. Those who have put their trust in Jesus 
whose right standing is the Lord himself. And this is described also in Psalm 92, 12 to 15. It says that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Whose confident expectation is the Lord himself. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. They will flourish within the boundaries of the word of God, of what the Father has designed for them. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in all age. When he says they shall still bear fruit, which means they have always been bearing fruit, but even at their old age, when it's expected that uh, nothing can come out of them again, the Bible is saying here that this particular righteous person will still bear fruit. He said they shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness, unrighteousness, unrighteousness in him. But some people think God is, ah, if I come to him, he's gonna, he won't help me, he won't let me enjoy my life again. For the Lord is good. There is no unrighteousness at all in him. He's a good shepherd. He's a faithful one. He does what he knows best when it comes to his children, whose confident expectation is in him and in him alone. So, he will flourish like a tree planted by waters. And that waters to me signifies the word of God. Because Jesus washes with the Christians, the born again Christians, with the water of the word. It is the word of God that keeps us. Paul said in, in Acts that, you know, 20, 32, he said that, you know, that, you know, that I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance among those who are sanctified. The word of God is the building blocks with which you are nourished so that you flourish in every season of life. Amen? So this man has a, is, is blessed with spiritual security because his trust is in his Lord. So why is it so? Because wisdom for nourishing Wisdom for flourishing, wisdom for prospering in any kind of situation that you find in life only comes through the mouth of God. The Bible even said it in Proverbs 2, 6, 7. It says, for the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And verse 7 says, he hides away sound and godly wisdom. It's not on the street for you to pick. Is for those who really want it. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for who? For the righteous. Those who are upright and in right standing with him. That is, those who have chosen Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. He said he's a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. Who walk in unity with his word. Who walk in the integrity of the word of God who walk honestly, totally dependent upon the Lord. That shield is a protection. So now, hear the heart of the Father concerning this matter so far. 
Proverbs 4, 10 to 13. He says, my son or my daughter, if you would take the time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. There's nothing like confusion. Nothing like confusion. You will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. I have taken you by the hand in wisdom's way. Wisdom's way, God's way. Jesus is our wisdom. Pointing you to the path of integrity. The state of being whole and undivided. No confusion. Verse 12 says, your progress will have no limit when you come along with me. And you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction, no matter how hard it is to swallow. It might be difficult to you. But the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All you have to do is to simply follow. For wisdom will snap you back into place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. I checked out the meaning of that word invigorating. Because you know, adverse situations can suck life out of you. It can suck energy out of you. And it says revitalizing. That is making one feel strong, healthy, and full of energy. And the word revitalizing means imbues something with new life and vitality. That is I-M-B-U-E. You're imbued with life and vitality. And the word imbue says permeate with a feeling of quality. There's a kind of quality. There's a kind of presence about a child of God who is totally dependent upon him. And the word permeates means to pervade or soak through or spread, spread throughout you. It spreads throughout every aspect of your life. There's a freshness about you because of the presence with you, because of the one you have totally depended upon. upon. The Bible talked about us as believers that he has crowned us with glory and honor. The day we came into Jesus, the day Jesus brought us into the family, we are crowned with glory and honor. And that's why, you know, Paul said, what is man that you are mindful of him? God is so mindful of every child of God. He said, you have, you, you know, you, are, you take good care of man. But that is to those who would choose to walk within his boundaries. Verse 7 says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. Those works that you're toiling over, that is causing you stress. The Bible said that God has already set you over them. You are the one to dictate the pace and dictate how things work. But you have to walk in your place of glory and honor, living under the one who is your spiritual head, and that is Christ Jesus. The Bible said that 
he left nothing that is not put under him, that's, that is not put under man in verse 8. But now we do not see yet all things put under him. The reason is because it's only when you choose to begin to walk within the boundaries of the word of God, you, you choose to submit to him and walk as he leads you, then it will begin to manifest the fact that because you are part of the body and Jesus is your spiritual head and everything is under Jesus, everything will keep on coming under you. They will keep on coming under you. They will keep coming under you. Amen. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, these blessings is totally dependent upon what you choose to do with the word of God, what you choose to do with your father, what you, do, you choose to do with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, what you choose to do with Jesus who lives in you. Your choices affect the way you handle issues that shows up in your life at any phase of your life. Your choices choice you're making today, whether you're choosing the Lord or not, or his ways or whatever, it, it's, that's all going to affect how you handle things, especially when adversity shows up. So we know that as storms of life hit every home, like we heard it, that when the heat comes, because it will surely come, it can be heat hitting your marriage or hitting your finances or hitting your health or whatever it is. But the Bible has said that you are not going to be anxious about it because you know in whom you have believed and you know that that one will take good care of you. So, the one with the right foundation is the one who is able to withstand storms of life. The one with the right foundation. First Peter chapter 5, 8-10 to 10 says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and courteous at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, seeking in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. He is still doing that until we are called home. He's not about to stop because this is his time. But it's not everybody that he can devour. The Bible warned us what to do. He said, said, we stand him, be firm in faith against his own set, right from the moment. That means you have to to live ready at all times, fully loaded with the word of God. Against his own set, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. The devil will challenge your faith. It will make you think that God is not who he said he is. But it's only those who know their God and who are fully loaded will be able to stand. But we've been warned to be sober-minded, to be vigilant, and to get him you know, off right from the moment he starts. But God promised us something in verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, now suffering is not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not whatever. Because God is not the one throwing it at you. But the devil will challenge your faith. But what he's saying there is that 
as your faith is being tested and you're, you're being tempted to compromise your faith, to do things the other route, he's saying, hold on, stand still. After a while, he said, the God of all grace, who impacts all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself, I love that, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and do what? Settle you. That's our father. Amen? So whatever you're going through, keep your cool. The Bible said it came to pass. So these two shall come to pass. So your safest security lies on God and his word. That's the sure foundation. So we have to choose to follow God's manual for every aspect of our relationships. The Bible told a story about uh, the man, that was Jesus telling the story in Matthew 7, 24 to 27, about these two builders. One built his house on a solid rock, a good foundation, he was wise and he took his time to do that building. That's his building with the word of God. Building your life with the word of God. Building your marriage with the word of God. Building your business with the word of God. Building whatever it is that your hand finds to do with the word of God. Building it God's way. But the other one chose to build with the sand, which means just doing it anyhow. This other man that built on the solid rock took time, fellowship, heard the word of God, heard God, Lord, what will you have me do? Is it okay if I get do it this way? Shall I go this route and all that? That is building on a solid foundation. But this one, zoom in, zoom out, just wake up, dash out, doesn't care what God says, I got to make it. I got to get, I have an idea. That is building on a sand. That's a quick one. You see, so the two looked very much okay from the outside, but when the storms hit, it is the one that is built on the solid rock that was able to withstand the storms of life. So it's important that we prioritize God and choose to build on the right foundation because the difference will always show. When you start building your family, when, you know, storms of life begin to hit, maybe children starts coming in and then you start having a misunderstanding or maybe in-laws or maybe finances or whatever. When it's built on the rock, Jesus Christ, the word of God, it is sure to stand. The most solid relationships are usually built on love that is based on the word of God, the unconditional love of God, because of course we know that God is love. They have committed themselves to go for a long haul. They both are totally dependent upon Jesus. They prioritize on Jesus and they themselves first. So to be able to survive the storms of life, it is important for us to be committed to the word of God. And then we're sure to make it. And when you commit to him, it has to be from start to finish. You keep it there. 
There's nothing like when things become rosy, you now keep him aside. No, it has to be from start to finish. You must know that God means business. He means every word. All those things we've been reading, he, means, he meant every line of it. So you purpose today to have a reverential fear of God and to reverence the, the word of God, respect the word of God, honor the word of God, keep the word, prioritize the word of God. Choose to live totally dependent upon him day in, day out. Whether anybody is watching you or not, whether anybody is commending you or not, live before the audience of one because he's the one in any case who is going to set you up and who is going to establish you and make you all that he has destined for your life. We live within the boundaries of the word of God. We were encouraged last Sunday about the blessings of obedience. It's such a blessing. So, Choose to be quick to respond to God. The moment you hear him, the moment you fellowship with all you, as we are sharing today, be, choose to quickly respond. For therein lies your nourishment. Now, for those who are trusting the Lord for a life partner, the Bible said that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. I'm talking to the young men and the young women now. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, O Lord, I know that a part of life of a man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man, even one at his best, to choose and direct his steps in life. We don't have what it takes to manage our lives, to direct our lives, whether married or unmarried. We don't. And Proverbs 20, 24 says, it is the Lord who directs your life. For each step you take is ordained by God to bring you closer to your destiny. Remember, he has a destiny set up for you. For you are his workmanship. So, much of life then remains a mystery. You don't understand life. You don't understand your way. So, you have to choose the one who made life? Who formed you in your mother's womb to guide and to direct you? One man one time said over the TV, you know, she was, he, that was TBN. One time when I was listening to TBN, this man was sharing testimony of how he moved away from the Lord and what a miserable life he lived and how at a point he now had to set hands off and now came back to the Lord. That was when uh, Jane, you know, the wife of, you know, Crouch was still there. And this man just said, he just, he just, he just said, he uttered out, wow. Say, how did I even get even there? How did I get so low? That was an experience of one who had been there. He was there, and then he moved away, and then he now came back. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8 says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight and understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth. Removing obstacles that block your way. Removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent hour and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be held to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinuses, your muscles, 
all your inner parts and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. This is the infallible word of God. So ladies, you don't have to pursue a husband for yourself. You don't have to. I see some young people, you know, junketing from one church to the other. And most times you find them, they jump, hop up, they want to be in the choir. They want to be seen. Because they felt that maybe I need to get around. Maybe no man here is wanting me. I wonder who told you that. Like, you know, God has, you know, Adam and Eve. Who told you you were naked? I don't know who told anybody that kind of thing. And you can't stop anyone from coming to worship their Lord. But the thing is that God knows your motive. If you can only trust him, if you can only make him your confident expectation, he will take care of you. He knows the right man that will value you for who you are as a daughter of Zion. And he knows how to connect that man to you. The man who will value you and will stick with you through thick and thin. The Lord himself knows. You don't know. The Bible said, a faithful man who can find. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? Only God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And it is the one who has met him, the Lord, whose confident expectation is in him, that follow him, that he will begin to work out that faithfulness through that man. And he will help you by getting such ones around you if we will only choose to wait and trust him. You remember, usually when they are coming, they are at their very best because they are still coming from a distance. So you don't know the details of any man's life. Neither for, for men do you even know the details of any woman. You might think you know them very well, but you don't. It's only the Lord who knows. And that's why it's always important that we wait for him. Wait on him. And he knows how to do it best. And when the Lord, when you think the Lord has shown you this is the person, it's important that you make yourself open to the person so that they will know you and accept you for who you are. Don't think that by covering up, they will accept it because walls have ears. And finally, they will get to know. And that might build a kind of mistrust. It's going to begin to affect you later when you now join with the person. Because marriage is based on trust. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 18.3 when he was talking about little children. That they are trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving. And he said that the kingdom of God is such as that. Because people think about children as naive, that they don't know anything. Whatever you tell them, they just believe. I remember my son, Ugo, when my husband told him, ah, Ugo, we are going to America. This boy went to the room, dressed up in suits, and came out. I said, Daddy, let's go. <laughs> so you can imagine. He just simply believed. That's the kind of heart that children have. So we must know that relationships are based on trust. And God knows the one who can trust you well enough, just like our relationship with God is based on trust. So we should be able to trust each other. God knows that kind of person. And God will help that person to come around you. It's a torment to live with someone that you can't trust. 
you know, you, you, you don't want to get there. You don't want to have that suspicious spirit because it's really very damaging to your health, to your joy, to your happiness. I know that some people do betray each other. I remember the, when we were in Nigeria, I remember the, a woman of God, he was teaching us, coaching, saying, you have to watch your husband. You have to do that. I said, probably because she had such an experience. But, you know, you don't have to generalize because of someone's experience. God is faithful, especially Paul said that he's able to keep that which I have committed into his hands until the end. So, if you have made the choice, stick with that. God is faithful and he will keep both of you. But don't leave whining and, you know, hurting your joy and your happiness and your health, you know, being suspicious. Amen? Now, you remember, you know, like I said, you know, you really don't know much about each other, you know, because, uh, you know, you are, you've been coming from a distance. It's when stuff starts happening in your life, when children start coming and then you have to, you sleep together, you wake up together in the, from the same room, you get to know each other better. That's when you'll be able to really know what you've got. And that's why it's important you allow the Lord who has a beautiful plans for you? The Bible said it's a plans for good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, according to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And ladies, don't ever have that mentality that it is too late. It, it, it might get too late. There's nothing like that. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of Zion. Your father values you. You should spend that time developing your relationship with him, fellowshipping with the word of God, you know, growing, learning to, you know, understand how to follow the leading by the, by the Holy Spirit, developing your ability to, you know, to, to relate with people, your ability, like, you know, those of us that are women, to cook, to be a, be a good wife, to be a good mom, and then ability to serve Jesus better. That's the time you start developing all those things. You don't have to allow your emotions to wear you out and get you to, you know, some people that they rush and they go and marry an unbeliever. Don't get there at all. God is faithful to his own. The one that is shepherd over you will take good care of you. The Bible said in Romans 8, 14 that the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. They are not moved by their emotions or by what their friends are saying. Psalm 37, 4 says, find your delight and true pleasure in, Yah in Yahweh and he will give you what you desire the most. When you delight in the Lord as you desire and fellowship with his word, you begin to get familiar with how he leads you you be able to discern what he wants for you so that, you know, you find that your will, your desire will synchronize or will line up with his, with his will for you. And that's when you can make a choice. And verse 5 says, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you will find he pulled it off perfectly. He will pull it off perfectly, but give him the right to do so. Don't ever begin to compare yourself with anyone and say, if only I were like A, maybe people will like, men will like me better. There's nothing like that. Or you say, maybe if I had been born from so-so-and-so family, there is absolutely nothing. You didn't make a choice of your place of birth, nor your place of family. Philippians 3.3 said that we are of the circumcision, that the only glory and pride in who we are in Christ. 
We don't have confidence in the flesh. We don't have confidence in our looks, nor confidence in whatever, anything. I remember the, someone at one point in my life said, Dorothy, you have a flat breast. Why don't you come? Let me arrange for some men to help you so that your breasts can come up. You know, men, they like big busts. Can you imagine if I had listened to her at the time? And that was when I just finished my, what we might call a high school. And some said to me, uh, you are a Jew girl. It's always, you know, you are such a Jew girl. You know, calling me then was because I was all so much into, you know, this, uh, you know, it's a prayer house where we are involved in, you tie your hair and all that. And he said, a son said to me, you can't keep a man. These were girls telling me that, can, you can imagine. So people can tell you all manner of things, but you don't have to listen to them. That's why you have to arm yourself with the word of God. And if anyone comes to you and you feel this is not the one that God is leading you to, 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 to live with, respectfully decline. Remember that this is also a child of God who is also trusting God by his spirit to guide him. Make sure you are not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for two cannot work together except they are in agreement. Second Corinthians chapter 6, 14 to 18 says, do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? God likens you to light and likens the unbeliever to darkness. He said, what harmony can there be between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Say, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of God. You are the temple of God because Jesus lives in you. And verse 17 says, so come out from among unbelievers and be separate. It could be also in your business or whatever it is that you're doing. Outside of marriage. You cannot be wiser than God who rescued you. Your, your price tag is the blood of Jesus. He caused God, his, his, the blood of his son Jesus, to rescue you from the powers of darkness. The Bible said in Colossians 1, 13, 14, it said, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Value that high price tag on you. You are not a cheap person, child of God. You are a carrier of God. You have Jesus in you. David said it right when he said in Psalm 51 verse 5, he said, Lord, I have been a sinner from birth from the moment my mother conceived me. So everyone that is not a child of God is a sinner. You cannot be unequally you because you, there's no agreement whatsoever. Some will say, well, let me, I will marry him and then I will change him. It doesn't work that way. It's only God that has what it takes to change any life. And there is no other sacrifice that God accepts other than the price that his son prayed through his blood. So you can't be wiser than God. It has to be someone who belongs to the same citizenship with you. That is citizen of heaven. It doesn't matter which state or which country. So long as you belong to the same family, at least you'll be able to be in agreement. Then among those believers, which one of them is now one, the one that God has for me? That's where you have to totally depend upon God's spirit to guide you following the inward peace. That inner peace will guide you. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace soul harmony, which 
comes from Christ rule, act as, as umpire continually. Not sometimes, but continually in every case. In your heart, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. You must allow that peace of God. Do not be pushed or be coerced into it. Don't go by your feelings. God will never push you nor coerce you. He will just willingly keep, he will just keep on prodding you, prodding you. I remember the novel Hayes that was given an example. This is a powerful preacher, man of God, that said uh, how he wanted to marry a, a lady. That was somebody in the church, fellowshipping. But, you know, God told him the day you, by word of knowledge, if you marry this lady, your ministry is going to be cut short and you will die before your time. And he had to stop. He really, it was so difficult for him. But the, like the Bible said, even when it is hard to swallow, choose to follow me. Remember also Kenneth Hagin, his own is also by word of knowledge. Two different ladies recommended by men of God. But God showed him, gave him a revelation of those two. And he was able not to get involved. So within the believers, God knows the right person for you. For the Holy Spirit makes God's, fa you know, fa God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved. That's a Romans 8.16. Just as he bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God, he will also bear witness with your spirit that this is the one that is for you. Now for the young men, you know, the Bible said in uh, Proverbs 16.14, he said, House and riches are the inheritance from fathers, but a wise understanding and prudent wife is from the Lord. A wise understanding and prudent wife is from, God will give you from the body of believers. It takes a wise woman to build her home. Proverbs 14.1 says, the wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household thrives. But the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. So it's better you, you allow God to choose for you. The best gift that God can give to any young man or any young woman is to give you a spouse that is godly, that knows the Lord, that fears the Lord, that allows God to guide him or her. It will save you a lot of heartache. If you allow the Lord. Genesis 2.18 already said, I will make a helper who is just right for him. That's the promise of the father. Believe your father that he knows what he's doing and trust him to give you your very own. Remember, he has a destiny for your life. So there's a call of God upon your life. And it's only God who is the alpha and the omega of your life. Who is your life? According to Colossians 3 verse 4, that knows that very woman that will help you to fulfill that God's destiny for your life. All good gifts and perfect gifts, they come from the Lord. Thank God for the gift of my beloved husband. My father-in-law started praying for him many, many years before he now got to meet me. I remember two different people that said, ah, you, you so fit each other. It's, it's the Lord's doing. And God is not you know, respecter of persons. God would do it for anyone who will willingly allow him the privilege of choosing for him. The Bible said, he who finds a wife, in Proverbs 18, 22, 
He who finds a true and faithful wife finds a good thing and obtains favor and approval from the Lord. So it's, it's from the Lord. A true and faithful wife is from the Lord. So it, God will make, help you to locate that woman, to discover that woman wherever he is, she is. He, he will help you to recognize that this is the one. But you have to trust him. Uh, Proverbs 12, 4 says, The integrity and strength of a virtuous wife transforms her husband into an honored king. You're already a king because God has made us kings and, you know, Jesus has made us kings and priests to our God. But then you become an honored king with a, a virtuous wife. You say, but the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength of his identity. It weakens the strength of his identity. So you don't want to get there. You don't want to make the choice for yourself. The word virtuous means having or showing high moral standard. So Proverbs 31, 23 says, Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting as the venerable, respected judge of his people. Venerable, that's respected. He's, that his husband is famous because he has a godly wife that is helping him. Amen? Your dad, your mom cannot choose for you. They can only advise you. It's between you and God. He has given you his spirit to help you. And that in what peace? That if you are allowed to be the umpire. So do not choose because of the way, you know, she makes you feel. Feelings are fickle. It can change any time. Allow the Lord to choose for you. Each time I remember this, I remember my, my sweet sister, Rita, Emenari. You know, how this girl, when she shared her testimony, how she waited patiently for the Lord, and the Lord did it in his own time. So when you finally receive that leading, following the inward peace, embrace each other. Accept her for who she is. If there are areas of weaknesses, help her to come up higher. And she will also help you to come up higher. You know, together, two of you will begin to discover the call of God upon your life. And as you begin to walk on that together, it will even bring the bonding better. So, and if anyone does not want you, good riddance. Know that probably that's not the route that God is leading you. And trust the Lord who knows the way through the wilderness to make the right connection for you. You know, you don't, you don't have to begin to think about ah, the family is so good, you know. No, follow the Lord. Follow the inward witnessing. Follow the guidance by the power of the Holy Spirit. You should feel free to seek godly counsel when you need it. You are surrounded by men and women who are godly that can help you. The Bible said in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a sheep without a hem. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. Follow godly counsel. Seek one. You are surrounded by people that can help you. It's only scorners that will not want to seek godly counsel. They say, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I know what I'm doing. So do not listen to people who make you think that your, your parents' uh, advice or counsel I mean, this is not their time. There's nothing like that at all. 
There's nothing like that at all. God likened the love that their parents have for their children. Say, if you being evil know how to give good things, how much more? He knows that parents always want to give good things to their own children. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, 25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. You don't want to think it seems right. This is okay. But you don't know that the end is destruction. You don't know somebody that has a short life, someone that has a long life. You don't know all the things that are involved in people's lives. The Bible said we should seek our parents' counsel. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. They are representing God in your life. For this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Honor, esteem, value as precious. Your father and your mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise, with a promise. So seek your parents' advice, counsel. They're not going to force you, but they can only counsel and encourage you. The Bible said in verse 3, so that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. You don't want to die before your time. I remember the television program that my husband showed me, how a lot of men are developing high blood pressure and a lot of other things because of a marriage. It's not, it shouldn't be the case with a child of God because we are living in the family of God and we are getting our information from the right source. So that's not the case for a child of God. Value and esteem your parents. When I came to this country and then I was doing substitute teaching, I remember that at different phases, they will get children, they are preparing cards for Mother's Day, for Father's Day, for Christmas, for their parents. And they said, I'm going to say it to my daddy. I'm going to say it to my mommy. That was a good thing they were doing. But they should continue in every phase of life. Don't ever think that your parents, they have it all together. You can spend a little money and buy something to appreciate them. You can buy a car. You can do things to enhance your relationship with them. When their hearts are merry, their hearts will be blessing you. Remember the case with uh, Isaac and then uh, Esau and Jacob. He said, go and prepare and bring food so that my heart will be merry so I can bless you. There's a tremendous blessing when they are help guiding you without grief. It will be such a blessing to you. The Bible said in Proverbs 17, 6, it said, and the glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children are their fathers. You don't know what they are covering for you until they are no longer there. It is important that you honor and esteem them and listen to them. Even if this is not the route you want to go, say, Daddy, I understand. I appreciate you, and I really thank you for the advice, but let me, let me take time to process this. Honor them. Show them some kind of respect. Now, to parents, it's important that as we, are, as we are counseling them, let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's not be camouflaging things. Let's let them know some of our pitfalls so that they can learn from there and not make the same mistakes that we made. I don't think there's anything I know of myself that will be detriment to my children that I have not shared with them. If I have not, then it's because it hasn't come to my mind. Because I don't want them to repeat the same mistake that I made. This is Christianity. You think they would disrespect you for knowing. No, they will even love you the, the more. Because you're real, you're genuine, you're authentic. 
The Bible said in Proverbs 2020, if you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. Your life will be, there's, there's no wisdom to live life when you are insulting your parents. You're damaging that only wisdom because God, they are representing God before you. The Bible said in Proverbs in, uh, chapter um, uh, 22, 22, 23, 22, 25, give respect to your father and mother for without them, you wouldn't even be here and don't neglect them when they grow old. There's no time you neglect them. Embrace the truth and hold it. Don't let go of wisdom, instruction, and life-giving understanding. When a father observes his child living in godliness, he is ecstatic with joy. Nothing makes him prouder. We are so proud and happy when our children are doing good, especially when they are choosing this right foundation that we are talking about today. So may your father's heart burst with joy and your mother's soul be filled with gladness because of you. Let that be your, your desire, your goal, that they will be happy because of you. Remember, you know, Noah says, second son, Ham, that saw the father's wickedness and rather than maybe taking something to cover it and keeping it between him and the father, he went and showed it, you know, shared with the brothers. The brothers didn't bother, you know, to, to see the nakedness. They went from behind, from the back, and covered their father's weak, you know, nakedness. That is, maybe your father saw, saw fault. You begin to talk it out Then No. You should cover your father. You should allow God to deal with him if it's something that requires God to deal with. One youth said to me one time, how I wish someone had earlier in my life insisted I do things differently. I said to him, you may not have listened if anybody had insisted. And that's why we parents, let's do our best while they are still with us. While they are still moldable. We don't wait until they have calcified. And it's now more difficult. It will now take the spirit of God to penetrate. Also choose a godly counsels. The Bible said in Hebrews 13, 17, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you. Continually, not sometimes, continually recognizing their authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust. Do your part to let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning, for that will not be profitable to you either. You can't go wrong with the Holy Spirit, your parents, your spiritual leaders. You can't just go wrong. And it's so important for this foundation because when storms of life hit you, you find out that that's when you really know where you're standing. Every family, every life, every couple, they all have things that they have to walk through. There are times you begin to have negative feelings about each other, and the devil will see to it to convince you that maybe you made a wrong choice. But you must know that it takes a believer who have committed to the cause of Christ, two of them, willingly making up their minds that they are going to go the, for, the, for a long haul and they are going to prioritize Jesus and they are going to totally depend upon him. 
and they prioritize each other after they have prioritized Jesus. Marriage issues are really minimized when we choose to marry godly spouse. It is minimized because you are both from the same camp, having the same spiritual head, receiving instruction from the same spiritual head, so you are better able to resolve issues, you know, together. So it's important that you choose to prioritize Jesus and prioritize each other and live before the audience of one. So that you know, there's nothing like thinking about, well, if it doesn't work, I will just simply divorce and marry another one. God hates divorce. Pastor Richard shared that with us last Sunday. He hurts God. He grieves God when his children are suffering and the effect of it on his people and on the family. So that's why you don't even begin to consider that from day one. So you trust God and be committed for a long haul and choose to follow God's wisdom. The Bible says, you know, that Jesus is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Choose to follow him. And there's no way he will not establish you, strengthen you, and make you what you are supposed to, to be. Know that your deepest needs cannot be, you can't be expecting your spouse to meet your deepest needs. That would be, that would be a hell here. The only one that can meet your deepest needs is, is God himself. That's why you make him the foundation. So John said in verse 37, 27 of John chapter 3, that a person cannot receive even one thing unless God bestows it. We are bankrupt to meet each other's need unless God helps you. So it's important that we pray for each other, submit to God, keep that triangle, Jesus on top, husband and wife. And then you find out that once Jesus is in the equation, you are good to go. And continue to prioritize on each other, praying for each other. When children start coming, women, don't ignore your husband because of and focus solely on the children. And husband, don't be buried with job and then ignore your wife and the children. You need each other. Remember how it was when you started, how you spent time together, how you prioritize each other, you call on phones, you, you spend time reading the letters and all that. Keep on pursuing each other. Let Jesus be the foundation and prioritize on each other, your family. And you find out that you'll be happy for it. God is ever faithful. His plans for us are the plans for good, not of evil, to give us a future and an end. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are so thankful. We are grateful. Thank you for you have given us the ears to hear. You have given us the heart of understanding. We shall be willing and obedient. Our profiting shall appear unto all men. Your name and your name alone shall be glorified and our joy shall be full. We give you the praise and we thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.